0: This is the first time I've ever used a wire, or a not a handheld, what do you call it, a wireless mic before, so you'll have to bear with me. My family would say, oh no, she's going to talk with her hands, <laughs> because that's how I communicate. <laughs> so you probably will see my hands move today, just a little bit, um, so uh, Brian and I have been a part of this church for many years. We were married 23 years ago um, by Pastor Mike, and um, our family has been able to glean from this body um, all of those years, and even before that, there are so many people in this room that have poured into us, and we have called um, victory our home since that day, and I'm grateful for that. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and get started here. Let's just open in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for this house, Victory Church, that we get to come here and worship you freely. Lord, we know that you are near to us today. You are in this house, Lord. I, I invite you by your Holy Spirit to stir in our hearts, to open up our minds and our hearts to your truth. Lord, I thank you for the text that you've given for today, Lord, whether it be fresh and people have never heard it before or whether it's something they've heard a thousand times, Lord, that you would make something come alive, that you would stir in us today, and that you would make yourself known to us today in a new and a fresh way. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this word, Lord, and we thank you for your presence in this house. In your name we pray. Amen. So a few months ago I was praying for Pastor Mike's um, sabbatical, and I had this vision. You know, I know sometimes people are blessed with dreams, some people are given words. Um the Lord speaks to us in so many different ways, but In this time, he gave me this vision of people carrying their couches in the doors of victory. The front doors were wide open, and people were standing on either side of their couches, hauling them in. Isn't that interesting? And I thought, wow, what is this? Some of the couches were new, some of the couches were quite worn. Some had blankets on them. They were covering up the stains from the markers of their kids. Who's had that? Am I the only one? (laughs) Some of them had soiled armrests, so they had to cover that up. And some of them were broken. They were difficult to haul through the front doors. They all had different styles. Some were modern and stiff. Mine, my kids would say, is a bit stiff. Some were oversized and comfy. And some of them were floral and like really poised. And many were lived in, yet still so functional. I believe that this was a prophetic picture. This was a prophetic picture of the people here At victory, we have spent way too many days sitting in these very couches trying to be a part of this church, trying to be a part of something that was bigger than ourselves. We have been starving ourselves, starving ourselves from engaging in the body of Christ. God is saying, Move your couch to victory and make victory your home. Move your couch to victory and make victory your home. Sorry, I'm dry. Hopefully these nerves like, whew. thank you, Jesus. Why oh, care? <laughs> um, would you open with me to Acts? I want to start there. This is going to be the main text that I use today. We're going to look at Acts two. 42 through 47. It should be on the screen behind me as well. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the flavor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In these verses, we get a glimpse of the earliest church. So this is just after Pentecost, right? This is the very first church. We get a glimpse of the life and the spirit of what that looked like. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, when I was um, researching this and feeling like this was the message that the Lord gave me, I looked up devoted. And devoted means to earnestly persist in, to seriously And earnestly persist in. And I had this thought. When was the last time I earnestly persisted in anything? Seriously and earnestly persisted in. Last week, Brian challenged us with Accelerate Victory. He drove home the mission to find new life in Christ and find it abundantly right? And if you didn't hear that, feel free to go back to the website that was on Casey's video and find that message and listen to it, because I believe there are going to be a series, there will be many um, encouraging words for this very body that are going to intertwine and go together. So today, I want to get practical. I want to get practical with how that looks like lived out. There were four things, like I said, that they seriously and earnestly persisted in. Teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. So let's look at teaching. There is no greater time than now for you to know what the truth is. There is no greater time. We live in a life... Where there is truth, what's in this? And there is deception wrapped in a little bit of truth to make it appealing. To make it almost true. And we live in a time where we need to know what God's word says for ourselves. It is so important for us to know the truth for ourselves It's our desire here at Victory to come alongside of you and help you do that. There are so many incredible teachers here to lead you, guide you, instruct you. I have personally been taught through Sunday morning services, through Bible studies, mentoring, life groups. The list goes on and on. The opportunities are endless. You saw the calendar in Casey's video. If you're wondering where to start, if you're sitting here thinking, ugh, you know, I know I need to open the Word of God, but I don't. I'd encourage you to jot down when you intend these times to gather, whether it's Bible study or life group or here. Jot down the scripture and make that your study for the week. Make that your time in the Word. Read it again. And again, and again, and watch the Lord minister to you. You know what I think is so cool is when you attend something and you hear a word from the Lord and it just kind of hits you, you know, like your spirit, like, whoo, I need to hear that. And then two days later, you're talking with a friend and she's like, hey, I was in the word and this is what he told me. And you're like, it's the same thing. And then you come here on Sunday morning, and what does Mike preach? You swear he's like, you, (laughs) you know, like, it's like pointing to you. But that's what God does. That's exactly what a life in the Spirit is. He takes all these opportunities that you open up your heart and mind to learn and grow, and he intertwines them into a theme that he's trying to teach you. So make victory your home to be taught. The second way, the second thing that they devoted themselves to is fellowship. Well, there's no fellowship like the fellowship with Jesus. But I'm going to talk about fellowship with one another. And I think all of you would say victory does a pretty good job with fellowship. If you hang around here long after church, you will see numerous people hugging each other, chatting with each other, right? Well, I believe that this fellowship that we're talking about, Koinonia, is a little different kind of intimacy. One that is more than just hanging around saying, How was your week? They took friendship to a much more personal and intimate level. It was a rich, deep friendship full of mercy and grace for each other. They chose to be together. They chose to be together often and share in what they had. I'd encourage you to make victory Your home, to experience that intimate bond of fellowship. Maybe you're looking for a friend. They might be in this room today. The third thing um, that they devoted themselves to is the breaking of bread. Now, Brian and I enjoy inviting people over for meals Um, there's just something so special about gathering around a table. And I know some of you are looking at me like, yeah, we don't do that. But just stick with me. There is something so special about gathering around a table and brushing shoulders with one another and, like, asking people to pass. We do the whole pass it around. I mean, sometimes it's not logistically possible to do that. But we try. And there's something that like lets your guard down when you pass the gravy and it drips across the table and you all just, oh, whoops, and you laugh about it, or maybe you spill on yourself, or maybe you knock the utensil onto the floor. It just breaks the guards down. It's a different kind of community. It's a different experience. It's an opportunity to look people in the eyes And listen to their stories. I love hearing people's stories. To just be that community with one another. And if you look back in the text here, it says that they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the flavor of all the people. I love that it says that. They enjoy the flavor of all the people. There's flavor in this room. There's flavor in this body of Christ. Find someone whose flavor you can enjoy. Find someone who you can invite into your home and rub shoulders with. Make victory your home, to break bread together. The fourth way that verse 42 says that they devoted themselves to was in prayer. Whether they were in the temple or they were in their homes, they were purposed in their focus on getting in touch with God through prayer. You know, prayer is a funny thing. When Brian and I were first dating, um, when we were really young and probably Oakley's age, (laughs) um, he would encourage me to pray in front of him. And oh my goodness, you guys, I would think, there's no way I can do that. Like, what if I say Jesus instead of God? Am I supposed to pray to Jesus or God? Am I supposed to? What am I supposed to do? And what if I stumble over my words? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I dishonor God? That was my heart back then. And if you ask my kids today, when mom's going to pray, what do you guys say? they tease me that I pray so long that the sun comes up. So they avoid letting me pray when we're in a group as a family. Now, that's not because I have eloquent speech. That's not because I am some prayer guru of any way. Not at all. Not at all. But over time... With practice, you know, Brian was so gracious to me. He was say, Mindy, you got to pray with someone. you got to practice. You know, why not it, let, let it be me? And so if you do not have a prayer life, if that's not something that you share with anyone but yourself, I mean, the Lord tells us to go and pray to him in private. Absolutely. But we're also encouraged to be with one another. I mean, look at the text we looked at. They gathered together, right? So I encourage you, start in your car, start in your shower, start talking out loud to God. Then try with your family over the meal. Then try with your life group. Practice with people that love you and are cheerleaders in your life. Practice by coming to corporate prayer on Thursday nights. Listening to other people pray encourages and strengthens you. There are numerous opportunities to grow in prayer, and prayer takes practice, and I am still practicing. Make victory your home to engage in prayer. So if you pursue teaching, if you engage in fellowship, if you break bread with other believers and you make prayer a part of your lifestyle, you will find new life in Christ and find it abundantly. So I brought my couch here with me today. I know. Who does this? (laughs) Only me. But seriously, I thought it was super important for you to have a visual picture of this vision and teaching. Bringing my couch to church is a little bit risky because, you see, you see the toothpaste stains. If you came up here, you would see the wear and tear. There's popcorn kernels, I guarantee it, in the cracks. You see the slime stain from the kids that we weren't quite able to get out. And this is just the outside of the couch. What if we look underneath? What if we check out the cushions? What's under there? Well, I found it all (laughs) underneath my cushions. I have found lost toys that were once treasures lost. I have found... Dirty socks, coins, candy wrappers, homework pages, literal dirt, spoons, forks, moldy, cutie oranges. Anyone else? You name it, I have found it under the cushions. But God has so distinctly given me this picture of our lives. I have stains. I have hidden treasures. I have fruit that was once healthy, that's now looking pretty moldy. Will you turn with me to Hebrews 4:13? It says, um, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Guess what, friends? He knows your stuff. He already knows about the broken armrests from years ago and the slime stain and the dirty socks and the candy wrappers that you've been trying to hide. There is nothing hidden from him. And isn't it astounding that he still pursues us? He still pursues us. He desires relationship with us, whether we have dirty junk and garbage or we have stains or hurt. He still pursues and desires relationship with us. We just sang it. Oh, he loves us so. There is nothing hidden from him. If you go just a little bit further um, into verse 14 in Hebrews, I'm still in Hebrews 4:14. 4, it says, "Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses." But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, you might be sitting here thinking, Mindy, you don't know what I'm going through right now. And you might be right. I might not be able to relate to it. But I can point you to a heavenly father, to a high priest who can relate to it all. He felt it. No, he did not sin because he's fully God and fully man. But he felt it. And he can help you through it. There is nothing that he cannot relate to. Let's turn to the Old Testament. Let's go to Jeremiah 32, 27. This whole chapter is so good. But I'm just going to share part of it. So 3227 says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Guys, we're talking about the creator God. He created in the, the heavens and the earth. He created each one of you. Is anything too hard for him? No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're struggling with, there is nothing too hard for him. Now, I can't guarantee he's going to answer in the way that you desire. Our God moves mountains, right? He moves mountains, but he doesn't always move them exactly where you told him to put them, right? (laughs) It's his plan. It's his plan, but I can guarantee you that... There's nothing too hard for him, and he will see you through it. He will go before you. He will be alongside of you, and he will see you through it. You see, we all have stuff. We all struggle with sin. We all need a Savior. And we all have a reason to be here at Victory. We all have a reason to be here, making Victory our home. Who better to help you clean up the stains, to clean out the garbage, to discover the treasures that you didn't know were there than this church, this body of Christ. This church needs each and every one of you. Each and every one of you. Will you turn with me to Romans 12? I'm going to read Romans 12:5 and part of 6. It says, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. You know what? I did not start at five, did I? Let me start at four. I'm sorry. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. To each of us, this room is full of gifts. This body is full of gifts. Each and every one of you have a way of making this one body of Christ move forward, this one body of Christ function well. I injured my shoulder last August. And let me tell you, there's this weird thing when you have an injury. You go to do something that you've done your whole life, and your brain sends messages. I have messages I'm sending to my shoulder. You're going to hold yourself in a push-up now. You're going to lift this thing up above your head. You're going to reach back behind you, And it's like my shoulder is saying, sorry, I'm busy. I'm not available. Out of commission. It's not working right now. And the rest of my body is like, what? I needed you. I needed you. Is anyone in here my shoulder? Uh, so, like I said, this room is full of gifts. Full of gifts. I had the opportunity this last Thursday night to walk the streets of Ballatin and pray corporately for our town, for our city. And it is such a blessing. And um, the couple that I was walking with were telling me how blessed they've been from their life group. And so, sorry, I'm gonna call you guys out, but Jane Kelly, this body needs you to be discipling more couples. More couples. People are going to Jane Kelly's life group, and they are being fed. They are stepping out by faith, they are being encouraged and equipped. And I got to experience the fruit of that, and it stirred in me. This desire and this passion and this excitement for more of Him. And it also gave me this sense of, like, oh, thank you, Lord. Like, this message is from you. This message is from you. What a display of making victory your home. Keep doing what you're doing, it's impacting lives, it's growing this body. It's drawing out future leaders. Well done. Derek. I get to um, spend time with Derek and Audra because they're in my life group. And I get to see as an outsider the way that he ministers to disciples, shepherds, men. He takes these student athletes under his wing and he doesn't just sit with them across the table and talk about things when they come to him. He literally does life with them. They invite them, them into their home all the time, probably unbeknownst to Adra most of the time. They open up their home. They feed them physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Brian's life first, <laughs> or life mission. And it is awesome. It is so awesome. Derek, there are men in this room. There are young men that need to be fed spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We need you in this body doing that very same thing. Cindy Barnes. I get to be in a Bible study that just started on Elijah. I'm sure you saw it on the um, list of announcements. And um, she was sharing this week how, you know, he's just a vessel. She's just, you know, someone that is, uh, you know, going to lead us through this. No, you are a teacher. And thank you for Opening up your life and making time to teach us. It brings life to me and value to me. And there are more people that can be mentored to do the same exact thing. There are so many gifts in this body. There are so many ways that we can be ministering to one another. So, I want to challenge you. What if each one of us sought the Lord? We talked to God and said, What's one way, if I say no to everything else that's on my plate, what's one way that I can serve here at Victory Church? What's one way that you would use me, God, for 2021? What's that one way that I could be of value to the kingdom? Because you all are of value. Instead of 20 body parts trying to function as the whole body, we would have 150 body parts functioning. How cool would that be? Can you imagine? I mean, I think our church functions really well. With only a handful of people doing a lot for the kingdom. But imagine if all of you were doing your part. Remember my shoulder? We need the shoulder functioning in order to do the work of the ministry. Imagine how much more effective our church would be. Imagine the growth. Imagine the community that we would have here at Victory. So let's gather together. Let's be taught together. Let's fellowship together. Let's break bread together. Let's commune together and pray together. Let's find new life and find it abundantly together. Make Victory Church your home. Can we pray? Father God, I thank you for the way that you minister your truth to each one of us. Lord, I thank you that you have given this word, this prophetic picture, this image for us, and I pray that you would speak individually with us right now, that individually you would set on fire in our hearts a way that we can be used by you in this church, in this house. Lord, if there are people that have been neglecting church, neglecting, making it the last thing on their list, that they would feel a tug on their hearts to come back and be used by you. Lord, if there are people that know they have treasures hidden or ones that are yet to be discovered, Lord, I pray that you would stir in them to make themselves brush shoulders with people in this house that can impact them, that can teach them and fellowship with them and and encourage them. This is a safe place. This is a house that desires to live out your will for our church, for ourselves, Lord. We just want to glorify you and honor you in all that we do here, Lord. Lord, I pray that each and every member would do their part. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, come and have your way. Speak to us today. For it's in your name, I pray.
1: Amen. Amen. So good. I'm so proud of my mother. Mindy is such a blessing to this body, isn't she? She is. We're so thankful for you. Thank you for bringing that word. I'm so grateful to call victory my home. Are you grateful to be here? Let's stand and worship together. Thank you, Jesus, for this church, for this body. Lord, thank you for my fellow believers here that I get to worship with on a weekly basis. Lord, we thank you. We love to worship you together. Lord, will you stir in our hearts just a desire to be devoted to your will, your plan, your ways. We thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us in many ways. Lord, will you speak to us as we just exalt your name?